time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, my friends. How are you today on this midsummer Sunday here on the New Jersey Shore? Ah, we don't call it the New Jersey Shore. We call it the Jersey Shore for short. Anybody who's watched the reality TV show, no, it's the Jersey Shore. It's not the New Jersey Shore. Uh, and we go down the shore. We don't go to the beach. We go down the shore here uh, in New Jersey. And hopefully you're enjoying your summer. It's going so fast. It always goes so fast, especially uh, down here at the Jersey Shore, where we enjoy each and every summer day here. How are you doing today, Paul? Good morning. Good morning, Lou. How are you doing on this ungodly hour that we have to come in and do this program <laughs> on Sunday morning? Um, I uh, am preparing for the show, which is endless preparation because there's so much to talk about. Uh, I ran out of copy paper last night, so I had things that I wanted to print out and I couldn't do it. So I had to get up at four o'clock and I was in my office, which is right down the street from the radio station at five in the morning. I'm printing out crazy stuff and highlighting things and it just never ends in a preparation uh, for the show because there's so many things to talk about here on The Financial Physician. We talk money, we talk markets, we talk politics, and anything that affects your life, and anything I want to talk about on this program, uh, and the phone number if you want to be part of our program, you have a financial question or a comment, 732-237-9626 is our call number, 732-237-9626, and we welcome everybody who's listening on the podcast, which... Uh, is exploding. I mean, more and more every week. It's another record uh, downloads and uh, of the podcast, and we don't care how you listen to the program live. Um, we um, we are uh, very appreciative of everybody who gets up early uh, to listen to the program and listen live. We love our live listeners, but we also love our podcast people. Don't really care how you listen to the program, but now more than ever, you can't miss the financial physician, uh, Paul. I got a question for you. I'm going to I'm going to quiz you to start the program. What do we buy? that we spend maybe 15% of our income on and we hope we never get to use it. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, and well, the first thing is uh, insurance. Insurance. Good one. I Kudos to you for pulling that up. That's right. We spend 10 to 15% of our budget on different types of insurance. And every kind of insurance is something we don't want to use. Imagine how we spend money on things for something we hope we don't use. Uh, and that's what insurance is. But, in, you know, insurance um, does cost us a lot of money. And it's one of the, the largest items in our budget. Costs for insurance continue to spiral up, especially when we talk about health insurance. We'll talk about that uh, in a minute. But in the United States, most families spend between 10, 15, 20 percent of their annual income on insurance. I'm going to talk about how to save money on this. Now, I don't talk about insurance a lot. It's not a sexy subject, you know, but it's, but it's something we all have to deal with. 
And I'll try to sex it up a little bit, the insurance story here. Um, but we live in a litigious society uh, where we could be in, you know, sued for anything. Uh, so some of the insurance we have is to prevent that. Uh, Health care, of course, is the big one. We're going to talk about that. Long-term care when we're older. Uh, auto insurance, homeowners insurance. There's so many different kinds of insurances out there. And many people don't understand insurance and either have the wrong insurance, the, the more expensive insurance. They don't shop for insurance. And uh, we're going to tell you how to save a lot of money on insurance. Now, the purpose of insurance, and I think a lot of people don't understand the purpose of insurance. The purpose of insurance is to protect you from catastrophic loss, from losing everything you worked hard for your entire life, which you could. Say your home burns down. You don't have fire insurance. It could wipe you out. Same is true of health insurance or auto insurance. So we buy these insurances so we don't have to pay gigantic bills that we may not even be able to afford. So when we buy insurance, we transfer the risk of catastrophic losses to an insurance company who then assumes those risks for us. And we pay insurance companies premiums to protect us from those risks. Now, again, we hope we never need insurance. But we can't do without it. We have to have it. We need to insure our, our cars. We need to insure our house. We need to insure our lives. We need to insure our income. In some cases, we need special insurance, like flood insurance, if we live by the shore. Earthquake insurance, if we live in an earthquake-prone part of the country. If you have a business, you're a doctor or a lawyer, malpractice insurance, errors and emission insurance, and much, much more. There's all kinds of insurance. And uh, people don't seem to shop around for insurance, though. You know, when we have an insurance company, say you have your, your car insurance company, it's with Allstate, and... Every year it comes up for renewal. Most of us just allow it to renew. We don't spend 15 minutes uh, comparing prices with Geico. Uh, we just say, all right, you know, I have all states, so they're going to renew it. Yeah, it's a little higher. I'll just, you know, go with it. But really, if you shop around, you can save a lot of money. And those Geico commercials are not wrong. You know, you spend 15 minutes shopping for insurance. You're going to find all kinds of different amount of premiums. But you got to realize that insurance is not meant to pay every dollar of something that happens to you. If you want it to, you can, but you're going to pay a lot of money in premiums for something that you're probably not going to use. Now, think about it. How many, how many years do you pay homeowner's insurance? I'll use that as an example. Homeowner's insurance has gotten really expensive. I think for my home, it's like 1700 a year, right? Uh, I think I've used homeowner's insurance once in all the years I've been a homeowner. I had There's a hailstorm that came through my neighborhood, and we needed a new roof and some new gutters and everything, and about, I think it was $25,000 I was covered for my insurance policy. But I can't remember any other time in the 30 years I was a homeowner. So think about all that money I spent for something I didn't need. 
Uh, I've had quite a bit of life insurance over the years. I'm still alive. That means I didn't get any return on my investment. I don't want to have a return on my investment right now, but, you know, hey, uh, think about all the premiums I've paid. Uh, car insurance. Uh, thankfully, I haven't had any car accidents since I was a teenager, uh, so I really haven't used my car insurance. Spent thousands of dollars on that over the years. So it's kind of really an interesting product, insurance. Something we buy costs us a lot of money in our budget, and we hope we never need it. So how do we save money on insurance? Well, we take some of the risk ourselves. What do I mean by that? Higher deductible amounts will lower your premium. The more risk you're willing to take, the lower the premium is going to be. So if you have a policy, say, in your car and you have a $1,000 deductible, the premium is going to be less than if you took a $250 deductible. And that's what you want to do. Yeah, nobody wants to pay $1,000 when you have a car problem. You know, you, you have a you know, fender bender. or something. But it's not going to wipe you out. But it's going to reduce the amount of your premiums. And the chances of you needing that insurance, as I've been saying, is probably pretty low in every given year. Higher co-payments are going to reduce your health insurance premiums. And if you want to have lower co-payments and deductibles, it's probably not cost-effective unless you're very ill and use it a lot. Let's talk about life insurance. Very, very important thing to have. You have to have it, especially if you're young and you have kids and everything. Look, if, if you're, um, your kids are gone, it's just you and your wife, you have a lot of savings, your house is paid off, well, maybe you don't need insurance at all. Life insurance. The only reason you have life insurance is so your loved ones will get by if you were to die, if you're the sole source of income in the family. But if you're okay and, you know, your house is paid off and you got savings and investments and, you you know, you, you know your spouse is going to be okay, yeah, maybe you don't need insurance. Let's talk about life insurance. There's two different types. There's term insurance. There's whole life insurance. What's the difference? Term insurance is pure insurance. For a specific amount of time, you have the same premium usually. It's called level term I'm a big fan of level term insurance. I've only owned level term insurance my whole life. Why? Because you get more bang for your buck. You get more insurance coverage. And you got to be careful because insurance agents always try to push whole life insurance, which combines a death benefit with a savings component. And you insure your entire life, no matter what happens to you, your health or whatever, as long as you pay the premiums, you still have the insurance. Now, term insurance, it only goes for a certain amount of time. And at the end of that time, if you're not insurable because you have health issues, well, then you're not going to get insurance. But I've always bought 20-year term, 20-year level term. Because I figured, you know, my kids are, are five. In 20 years, they're going to be 25 and gone. And it's just me and my wife. And then I'll, I'll get another insurance policy when that one expires, which I did. Because I was insurable. 
But you got to be careful, especially younger people. You know, you're going to have a friend who became an insurance agent. He's going to come to your house and he's going to show you how great the whole life insurance policy is. It's $200 a month for $100,000 in life insurance. But that's not enough insurance. If something happened to you, what's $100,000 going to do for your family if you have kids? But for a fraction of that amount of money, you can get a real large life insurance policy, say a half a million, for maybe 500 a year. Now, the younger you are, the cheaper it is. That's the way life insurance works, obviously. Your chances of dying at 25 are a lot lower than your chance of dying, you know, at 60. Unless you took the um, experimental jab, and then you, then your risk of a heart attack just went up. And by the way, life insurance statistics are showing excessive mortality. I mean, they're paying out lots of claims. I mean, it's just it's just skyrocketing, and this is not a, a statistical thing that happens. Funeral directors, you ask them how busy they are, they'll tell you. How many times now do you hear? Died unexpectedly. Died unexpectedly. 27 years old, died unexpectedly. Soccer players dropping dead on the soccer pitch. We'll talk about that later on in the program. Hopefully these people have life insurance. (laughs) 27 years old with kids, right? Uh, So I, I was an insurance agent. Um... For a number of years early in my career, uh, I, I let that expire. I'm not licensed anymore. Um, it's just not my thing, insurance. I'm an investment guy, a financial planner. Uh, I send people to other people for insurance. I don't like it. I don't like dealing with selling insurance. Um, but let me illustrate how important it is to have life insurance and an experience I had with a client. And I detail this in my book. By the way, in my book, The Financial Physician, How to Cure Your Money Problems, Boost Your Financial Health, got a whole chapter on insurances and how to save money. By the way, the book is free of charge. Just go to my website, thefinancialphysician.com. You can download it. Uh, you don't have to go buy it. It's available at Amazon. It's available in um, the Ocean County Library. I was in the Ocean County Library this week. It kind of gives me a kick to see my book in this bookshelf. As a matter of fact, I was there the other day, and it was already lent out. Somebody was reading it, so it's kind of kind of neat. I'll never forget when I wrote the book in 2010, and I went to my local Barnes & Noble, and I saw the book in the bookcase for the first time in the finance section. It was quite a thrill. And then a week later, I did a book signing in the Howell Barnes & Noble. Uh, that, was, that was neat, really neat. And anybody who ever wrote a book will tell you the day that the case comes where your book comes in and you open it up and you see the book. It's uh, it's very thrilling. It is. Maybe I have to write another book soon. It's not easy, though. Try to write a book. The, uh, interesting story. When when I wanted to write the book, I, I got a, a book, uh, an agent, and I asked him, what's the chance of getting um, you know, a publishing contract? He said about 2%. So he, we, he, we wrote up... Uh, uh, um, a preview of the book, and in two weeks I had a contract with Career Press. The only problem was it was April, and I was in middle-income tax season, and they said, uh, we want this to be the lead financial book 
in the fall when we release our new books. So uh, could you have it done by July 1st? <laughs> it was April. Uh, and I had it done by July 1st. As a matter of fact, I had 25 chapters and they cut out five because they said it was too long. Maybe I should put out a new book with the five chapters <laughs> in the first book. Um, anyway, I illustrate in the book uh, an anecdote. Early in my career, I'll never forget it, uh, there was a young couple. And they had two small children. And their name was John and Mary. And John was struggling to make ends meet. And he could not afford to buy life insurance. A friend of his tried to sell him a $300,000 whole life policy that was $200 a month. $2,400 a year. He couldn't afford it. So he passed on it. And I asked him, let, let me review the proposal. So a few days later, I presented John with a proposal for a 20-year level term policy with a $500,000 death benefit. The premium was $500 a year. He could afford that. So he had a larger death benefit at only 20% of the cost of whole life. So he bought the policy. Six months later, his wife Mary called me and told me John died in an accident at work. And um, sad, very sad. And I, I'll never forget the feeling I had knowing that I was able to get John life insurance at low cost. And now marrying her children would not be in financial danger. Now, I knew life insurance was important. I'm a certified financial planner. Um, but that day, I learned how crucial having proper insurance is. So insurance is a necessary thing. And uh, we have to have it. But you got to realize that the more insurance that you take on yourself the more risk you take on yourself with higher deductibles, higher co-payments and things like that, the less it's going to cost you. Now, when people are choosing this, specifically life insurance, you know, they, how much do I need? We got to ask, you know, some questions of yourself. How important is your income to your family? Can they live comfortably without your income or without life insurance proceeds? Does your spouse have a high-paying job that if you were to pass, they still have income? Do you have mortgages? Do you have debt? Do you have young children? Do you want to pay for their college with your life insurance? Do you want to pay off your mortgage? You know, a lot of people that, that, that they get life insurance, they want to get enough to pay off their mortgage so if they die, their, their spouse and their kids have a free house. But there's more to it than that. You know, you got to replace income. You got to, you know, college funding. A young uh, a young couple with two kids should have at least $500,000 in life insurance. And that may be too low, especially in the inflationary environment we live in. So other things you could do to lower costs. You know, take take car insurance. Well, maybe you could call your carrier that gives you homeowner's insurance. There's discounts if you bundle different policies together. How about maintaining a good driving record, obviously? You got three DUIs, your 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 car insurance is going to be pretty high. 
buy less expensive cars. Uh, drop collision coverage on um, on older cars may not pay. At a certain point, older cars are not worth fixing. Take advantage of all the discounts that are available. Uh, good driving record, driver training courses you take will lower your uh, cost, anti-theft devices. Ask what discounts are offered, you know, from your insurance company. See if you qualify for them. Join an auto club like Triple Light. You may be eligible for uh, discounts. But the best way to lower your insurance is to increase your deductible. Now, health insurance would be a whole different subject, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because, A, it's aggravating. That's the most expensive insurance you're going to have. It's amazing how insurance now has eclipsed mortgage payments for many people. I have a group plan at my office. We have a small group. I pay $2,000 a month for my wife and I. 2000 a month with substantial deductibles, substantial co-pays. You know, you pay 2000 a month. You go into an emergency room. It costs you 1000 bucks. I go, wait a second. What am I paying premiums for? Uh, a big ins- type of insurance that people ask me about all the time is long-term care insurance, nursing home insurance. Should I get it? I don't know. You're going to go into a nursing home? And how long are you going to stay there? Nobody can answer that question. Just like nobody can answer the question, am I going to die untimely death when I'm young? Uh, we don't even never know the answers to that question. Just like we don't know the answer, is my house going to burn down? If I knew my house wasn't going to burn down, I wouldn't get homeowner's insurance this year. But we never know. And I'll, I'll, I'll do a separate segment one day on long-term care insurance, the pros and cons of doing it, you know, and what it costs and whatnot. So in summary, insurance, whether it's life insurance, car insurance, health insurance, long-term care insurance, or any kind of insurance, uh, is necessary. Because without it, you could lose everything, a good portion of your net worth. Maybe put you deeply in debt. But you got to have the proper insurance. You have to have the proper deductibles to keep that cost down. You got to behave in a manner that lowers the risk. And it's really, really smart to have a really good insurance agent. And uh, really good insurance agent. Now, there's a couple different kinds of insurance agents out there. You got to be, be, be sure you understand. There's a captive agent. A captive agent works for an insurance company. So every type of insurance product is going to come from that insurance company. So say you have an Allstate agent. Well, your homeowner is going to be Allstate Insurance. Your car insurance is going to be Allstate. If you're dealing with an independent agent, they represent all the companies. They could give you the best insurance that you need for that specific situation. 
And uh, I think it's very, very important to have an independent insurance agent, whether it's health insurance, whether it's car insurance, whatever. Uh, an independent agent works for you and doesn't work for the company. And that that's really, really important, especially when you're looking to save money, because a good insurance agent is very valuable and uh, will find the best insurance based on your needs at the right cost. All right, time for a break. 732-237-9626 is our call number. My name's Lou Skatigner, and you're listening to The Financial Physician. Don't go away. Are you currently retired or planning to retire in the next five years? Hey, Lou Skatigna here, certified financial planner, personal finance author, president of AFM Investments, and host of The Financial Position. Why not join me for a comprehensive financial review at my downtown Tom's River office? Banks are paying virtually nothing, and the stock market has become a risky casino. But there are ways to achieve reasonable returns without taking on big risks. Let me show you how. During our meeting, I will determine your net worth, find ways to maximize your income, and minimize your taxes. I'll review your estate plan and discuss Discuss strategies to protect your estate from nursing home costs. Managing your finances is more complicated than ever, but you don't have to go it alone. So make your no-obligation appointment today by calling 732-905-8100. That's 732-905-8100. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin & Company, member FINRA and SIPC. Registered advisory services through Fortitude Advisory Group. Do you have a home to sell? Do you need to buy a home? Or maybe you would like to consider a career in real estate? Well, you need to contact my brother, Mark Skatigna. He's the broker manager of Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty on Route 70 in Manchester. Mark has helped so many of my clients with either the sale of their home or to purchase a new home. All of them could not have been happier with his help. What about an exciting new career in real estate? Maybe you're finding you have more time on your hands than you would like to after retiring from your full-time job and are also looking to make some extra income. With flexible hours to still enjoy your free time and income that could be limitless, Mark could train you to be as successful as you would like to be and enjoy a rewarding career in real estate. For help with any of your real estate needs, as well as any information on a career in real estate, call my brother Mark Skatigna at Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. His number is 732-657-6200. That's 732-657-6200. Mark Skatigna, Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. Give him a call. You'll be happy you did. Americans have a deep respect for our military and a deep desire to show them the gratitude that they deserve. When those serving so far away receive a small gift box of personal care items and greetings, they know America is behind them. Always Supporting Our Military is a new nonprofit of retired volunteers that meets weekly to send packages to our troops overseas. They need your help to raise money for postage and for items. Each box of toiletries, snacks, and food takes about $18 to send, and they rely totally on donations. Will you help? They greatly appreciate any donations to the cost of postage or supplies like small bottles of shampoo, lotion, mints, and more. Please visit Always Supporting Our Military on Facebook. Email PASRMilitary at yahoo.com or call 908-278-9561. That's 908-278-9561. Every little bit helps. Call the financial physician now at 732-237-9626. Here's Luz Katigna. All right, just a reminder about our website, thefinancialphysician.com. Surprise name for the website. <laughs> and uh, on the at thefinancialphysician.com, we have the link to the podcast of the show, which goes up right after the show is over. So... If you can't get up early or you're just stumbling upon the program uh, and and you miss part of it, just uh, go to thefinancialposition.com and you could um, download the podcast and uh, listen to it at your leisure. 
Uh, you can listen to parts at a time. You can listen to the whole thing. You can skip through the breaks. You can do whatever you want at thefinancialphysician.com. Paul will have it up again right after the program uh, is over. And the podcast is um, the number one financial podcast at Podomatic. And thank you so much for making it number one. And we've been number one for a long time. But uh, um, it grows each and every week, as I said earlier in the program. And I, I appreciate it. Uh, we have people listening all across the country. We have people actually in other countries as well that listens to the program. So that's the thefinancialphysician.com. Love your emails, Lou, L-O-U, at thefinancialphysician.com. So if you have a personal finance issue uh, that I could help you with, uh, just send me an email. I'll do my best to push you in the right direction. If you have uh, a topic you want me to cover on the program, uh, just send me an email. and uh, I, I respond to you. If you, you tell me you want me to cover something, I'll cover it. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had someone send me an email about I-bonds. Luke, could you go over how I-bonds work? And sure enough, next Sunday, that's what we did. Uh, so, uh, we love your participation in the program through email, through your phone calls here. Uh, uh, we want to bring you what you want to hear about at the financial physician, uh, Lou at the financial physician.com. All right. Uh, this week, uh, the, the CPI, the consumer price index and the PPI, which is the producer price index came out. And boy, inflation is still a major problem. Matter of fact, it's as worse as it's been. Uh, the consumer price index uh, surged to 9.1% in June. And that was uh, more than expected by economists. And it is a 40-year high. And I don't have to tell you listening to that inflation is a problem here. We're all experiencing it. Whether you go to fill up your car or you uh, go grocery shopping, I mean, the prices of everything is going up. And at 9.1%, I mean, that's, we haven't seen that since 1981. And uh, it's a real issue. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, a frightening issue for many families. For months, I was telling you that two-thirds of Americans are paycheck to paycheck, which means that there's not enough money left over to pay higher prices for food and for gas and everything else. And it's starting to get, you know, pretty scary now because it continues to go higher. Uh, you know, the Fed had told us it was transitory. Uh, well, it's not transitory, obviously. And the price of everyday necessities is painfully high. And it's, you know, it's a worsening political crisis for Joe Biden and the Democrats. And I don't think this is going to get under control between now and the midterms. And it's across the board. And it's higher than that. 9.1% is the official CPI. If you calculate it the way you did in 1980, double it. You're talking 18%. The highest we've ever had in history. Isn't that amazing that, you know, they'll lie to you all the time on these economic figures. 9.1, double it. Well, why wouldn't it be higher? Look at this. Fuel oil is up 98% in the last year alone. Gasoline up 60%. Electricity up 14%. Food at home, 
you know, groceries that you bring home and cook for yourself, up 12.2%. Eggs are up 33%. Now you're touching home. I'm a big egg guy. I love my eggs. Still one of the best values, even with a 33% increase, of anything in a grocery store. To get 12, 12 eggs for $2.75, I still think is a bargain. But still, it's 33% higher uh, than it was a year ago. And we're seeing it across the board. We're seeing it, We obviously we saw it in housing prices. We're seeing it in rents. We're seeing it in virtually everything. Commodities, energy. Rent costs surged uh, 0.8% in one month in June. The largest monthly increase since April 1986. And rising rents, you know, a concerning development because higher housing costs uh, kill your budget. I mean, that's the biggest cost we have, whether it's a mortgage payment or, or whether it's rent. We've seen uh, mortgage rates go up in response to inflation, which causes more inflation in in your mortgage payment. And uh, the producer price index came out the next day, and that was up 11.3% year over year. And why is that important? You want to see the CPI higher than the PPI. Because the producer price index is is the cost of goods going up at the wholesale level. And wholesale prices, months later, are consumer prices. Because these are the basic raw materials that go into making products. So you want to see the PPI starting to moderate even before the CPI because that tells you the future is looking better. But when you have the PPI higher than the CPI, that's a bad, bad thing. And part of it supplied bottlenecks. Part of it was a good part of it was the stimulus and all the money printing and the drunken spending of the Democrats in Washington. A huge part of it is the Federal Reserve who were printing $120 billion a month and buying bonds with it. Keeping interest rates at zero for so long. And now it's becoming a major political liability for Biden and the Democrats ahead of the November midterm elections. And recent polling shows that Americans see inflation as the biggest problem facing the country. And many households blame Biden for the price hike. Now, of course, the president has blamed higher prices on on everybody else but himself. Greedy corporations, supply chain bottlenecks, the war in Ukraine, Putin. But most economists now agree that um, the the unprecedented levels of government stimulus and um, money printing all played a major role in this price hike that we're living through right now. So when this number came out, uh, the Biden people came out and Biden himself said that, well, uh, the, the, the data is out of date. 
because in the last couple of weeks, gas prices have come down a bit. So uh, it's really not that bad. That's in the rearview mirror. I came in today. Gasoline prices are still four sixty a gallon. All right, so it's not five. Compared to two years ago, um, before Biden came in and shut down the energy industry in the United States, uh, we were in uh, the 250, 275 range. So Biden came out. Uh, we'll talk about Biden later in the program. Oh, my God, what a terrible week for him. They got to keep him bottled up. They, they can't put him on the world stage anymore. It's just amazing. I got so many clips I could play him all day, but uh, it's not funny, really. It isn't. But uh, so Biden acknowledged that inflation is unacceptably high and called tackling it his top priority. Like, what is he going to do? Uh, but he suggested that that is out of date. Arguing that record high gas prices are to blame for the ugly CPI reading and noted that prices at the pump have since subsided. It was funny. I was in my local Wawa yesterday. My wife pointed out, look at the sticker on the on, on, um, pump. I did that. That was the Biden got the price. <laughs> Whoever thought that up is great. Smart. So now the markets, you know, looked at this extra, you know, this, this higher than expected inflation number and are pricing in a 1% increase in interest rates this week. The Fed meets this week. And it's widely accepted that they're going to raise rates at least three quarters of one percent but when these numbers came out this week the talk on wall street is they may go a full one percent which would be the biggest increase in like 40 years in one meeting i don't think they're going to do that it's it's just too much i i see three quarters of a point Uh, and even later in the week, uh, some um, Fed governors came out and kind of put poo-pooed the idea of a um, 1% hike. At the same time, we're also seeing you know economic numbers come in weak. The economy is imploding, not only here in the United States, around the world. Um, initial jobless claims for unemployment... Um, Soared to the highest since November 2021. So we had five months in a row now where we're seeing the jobless claims go up. Meaning a slowing economy. Boy, it's bad enough, isn't it? Um, to have inflation like it's running like it is and then lose your job. <laughs> what do you do? given the fact that Americans, most Americans don't have any savings, any emergency fund. So a lot of economists are, are forecasting a severe recession ahead. Do you remember what the economic conditions were like in 2008, 2009, when we had the, the Great Recession? Well, what's ahead of us is likely going to be significantly worse. And are you prepared for it? You better get prepared because you're not going to successfully uh, weather the storm if you're not. And again, the storm is going to get worse. 
And a lot of surveys say, there's a recent survey out that 70% of all Americans now believe that an economic downturn is ahead of us. 70%. But they're totally wrong because the recession is already here. As I've been mentioning to you, um, the definition of a recession, at least one of them, is uh, back-to-back quarters of negative GDP growth. Well, the first quarter was minus 1.4. The Atlanta Fed is forecasting a 2% decline in the second quarter. If that's true, and we'll know that next week or two, uh, we're in a recession already. It's not coming. It's here. Is another economic indicator. It's being reported that the number of vehicle repossessions is exploding. And many of these vehicles were just purchased um, in 2020 and 2021. People can't afford these cars. You know, buying a car, a new car these days, you're taking out a mortgage. You know, I was blown away to read this. The loan-to-value ratio, all right, how much do people owe on a car compared to the value of the car? Right now it's around 140%. Wow. So people owe more in these cars than they're actually worth. How does that happen? Well, depreciation. You know, many cars you're able to, you know, put hardly anything down, and they'll give you a seven-year loan. And as soon as you drive out of the lot, the car drops 20%. And now you're immediately underwater. Or how about this? Uh, you know, your car is underwater, but you go get a new one and the dealer refinances the loss into the new car. That's how you get to 140%. So what happens at that stage? Or you lose your job or whatever. You just don't pay it. And they repossess it. All right, take the car. It's worth less than I owe you anyway. So what should you do? Build up an emergency fund. I've been hosting this show for 21 years, and that's probably one of my big themes, is that most Americans don't have any savings for the rainy day that's always going to come. It's a, it's a no-brainer. When economic conditions deteriorate, people lose their jobs. Bad things happen. Businesses close. People lose money in the market if they have any savings there. People's homes go down in value. Wealth evaporates. So you got to have some savings. A big emergency fund. Someone comes to me and says, Lou, I'm looking to invest some money. Let me ask you a question. How much is in your emergency fund? Well, you know, I got... You know, ten thousand dollars, but I want to. I want to invest it. No, no, you, you can't invest your emergency fund. Your emergency fund has to be liquid. I don't care what return you're getting on that money; it doesn't matter. It's got to be liquid and available to you. Because if you get some bad luck and you don't have savings, you can lose everything. How many people during the the, the Great Recession in two thousand eight, two thousand nine? How many people lost their homes because they no longer could pay their mortgage? Because they had no savings. How do I do that, Lou? My bills are so high that I, I have nothing left over. Change your lifestyle. Stop spending. Bring your lunch to work. 
You know, it's funny. When I look at people's budgets and they say, uh, we can't save any money, I start asking questions. I say, cut that out, cut that out, cut that out, cut that out. Before you know it, I got 1000 a month. Don't go out to dinner every week. Some people, they go out to breakfast every day. They don't cook their own breakfast. What does it cost you, I was mentioning eggs before, to make two eggs and a piece of toast and a coffee in your own house compared to going to a diner? Uh, maybe a dollar versus 10 plus a tip. Brown bag of lunch. How much does it cost to make a sandwich at home versus going out and getting lunch? Now, people don't like to hear me say this stuff because they like their lifestyle. But don't tell me you can't save any money. Don't tell me you can't put money in an IRA account. Don't tell me you can't pay down your credit cards. When I find out that you're going out all the time, you meet your friends at the bar a couple times a week, all this costs money. Another thing as you enter a recession, the most important thing is to get out of debt. Pay off your credit cards, number one. Any high interest debt, as I say in the book, is cancer to the financial body, especially credit cards. Well, Lou, I can only pay the minimum. No. Change your lifestyle and pay more than the minimum. As we enter recession, what's another great thing to do? Stock up on essentials. Prices are going to keep going higher. So that means things you're going to need in the months ahead are not going to be cheaper than they are right now. I mean, don't spend money on unnecessary items. That's that's a waste. But essentials that you use on a regular basis, stock up on them now, especially if they're non-perishable. Because let me tell you, supply chains are so strained right now, and uh, farmers are not planting. I've been warning you about the coming food crisis. Fertilizer, hard to get when you can. It's, 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 it's 400% more than last year. Diesel fuel that it takes to actually plow and, and, and maintain a field through the roof. Farmers are hurting right now, not to mention the weather conditions around the world, which are destroying crops and making it uh, here in the United States. we got a dust bowl going on in the west, in the southwest. So many acres of farmland uh, are under drought. So food that is not being planted today is food that's not available in the store in the winter. And uh, we're going to see, we are going to see shortages of almost everything. So buy it now, whatever it is. Again, assuming you have the money, but, you know, most people, again, are paycheck to paycheck. So they um, they have no extra money to stock up. But when we look at food, that's where we're seeing, you know, besides energy, we're seeing food to be the big inflation source. So when the government tells you that inflation is 9.1%, it's not. It's much higher because let's look at some of these products that we buy every week. Cereals, 
up 15.1%. Beef, according to this list, it says up 4.1%. It's much higher than that. Pork up 9%. Poultry up 17.3%. Fish and seafood up 11%. Eggs up a whopping 33.1%. Why is that? Bird flu. Very underreported story. Uh, But we have a nationwide pandemic, there's that word again, uh, of bird flu, where where millions, tens of millions of chickens and uh, and turkeys have been slaughtered or died by bird flu. That's why you have poultry up 17%, and that's why you have eggs up 33%. Dairy and related products up 13.5%. Uh, juices and non-alcoholic drinks up 11.6%. Coffee up 15.8%. Mainly due to uh, weather problems in Brazil. Major coffee producer, obviously. Fats and oils up 19.5%. Baby food, if you could find it, up 14%. Um, has your paycheck gone up uh, that amount? No, it hasn't. And, and that's why, even though Americans have had, uh, over the last year, a 4.5% increase in wages, well, their their real income has gone down because inflation is much higher than the increase of their income. So if inflation's 10% and you get a 5% raise, your real income went down 5%. The inflation rate minus your income increase. It's called real wages. And real wages in the United States have gone down 15 months in a row. American families are being crushed by inflation. And they're very scared about it. And that's all anybody cares about going into the midterm elections politically. Nobody cares about the Roe versus Wade thing. They care about feeding their family. Very, very tough times out there. And unfortunately, I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel right now. It looks like it's going to get worse before it gets better. And when better is going to be, I don't know. This headline, uh, and I'm looking at a graph here, it's just amazing. Housing crisis worsens as affordability reaches record low. Housing affordability, as measured by Goldman Sachs, has deteriorated to its worst level on record. The recent decline in affordability has been driven largely by higher mortgage rates. And I can't contrast last year when it was the higher higher home prices that made them unaffordable. But prices haven't come down that much yet. So you have high home prices and higher mortgage rates. And even the, uh, the cost of rental has gone up so much. It's so expensive now to house yourself. And uh, most economists don't see it improving. And uh, inflation is keeping prices high. And uh, because of inflation and the Fed raising interest rates, uh, you have uh, an affordability crisis. All right, let's take another break. 732-237-9626 is our call number. You're listening to The Financial Physician right here on 92.7 WOBM. 
Do you have a home to sell? Do you need to buy a home? Or maybe you would like to consider a career in real estate? Well, you need to contact my brother, Mark Skatigna. He's the broker manager of Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty on Route 70 in Manchester. Mark has helped so many of my clients with either the sale of their home or to purchase a new home. All of them could not have been happier with his help. What about an exciting new career in real estate? Maybe you're finding you have more time on your hands than you would like to after retiring from your full-time job and are also looking to make some extra income. With flexible hours to still enjoy your free time and income that could be limitless, Mark could train you to be as successful as you would like to be and enjoy a rewarding career in real estate. For help with any of your real estate needs, as well as any information on a career in real estate, call my brother Mark Skatigna at Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. His number is 732-657-6200. That's 732-657-6200. Mark Skatigna, Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. Give him a call. You'll be happy you did. Americans have a deep respect for our military and a deep desire to show them the gratitude that they deserve. When those serving so far away receive a small gift box of personal care items and greetings, they know America is behind them. Always Supporting Our Military is a new nonprofit of retired volunteers that meets weekly to send packages to our troops overseas. They need your help to raise money for postage and for items. Each box of toiletries, snacks, and food takes about $18 to send, and they rely totally on donations. Will you help? They greatly appreciate any donations to the cost of postage or supplies like small bottles of shampoo, lotion, mints, and more. Please visit Always Supporting Our Military on Facebook. Email PASRMilitary at yahoo.com or call 908-278-9561. That's 908-278-9561. Every little bit helps. Are you currently retired or planning to retire in the next five years? Hey, Lou Skatigna here, certified financial planner, personal finance author, president of AFM Investments, and host of The Financial Position. Why not join me for a comprehensive financial review at my downtown Tom's River office? Banks are paying virtually nothing, and the stock market has become a risky casino. But there are ways to achieve reasonable returns without taking on big risks. Let me show you how. During our meeting, I will determine your net worth, find ways to maximize your income, and minimize your taxes. I'll review your estate plan and discuss strategies to protect your estate from nursing home costs. Managing your finances is more complicated than ever, but you don't have to go it alone. So make your no-obligation appointment today by calling 732-905-8100. That's 732-905-8100. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin & Company, member FINRA and SIPC. Registered advisory services through Fortitude Advisory Group. Call the financial physician now at 732-237-9626. Here's Luz Katigna. All right, if you're just stumbling upon our program, maybe you're driving down the parkway and you're going through the stations and uh, you came across our show or you're just waking up, uh, we're on every Sunday, 6 to 8 a.m., right here on 92.7 WOBM, but we're also always available at thefinancialphysician.com, where the whole show is podcasted uh, at thefinancialphysician.com. And again, probably more people listen to podcasts and listen live on Sunday mornings. Why would you get up so early to listen to the program? But if you you wake up at 7, you miss the first hour. The first hour tends to be financial, personal finance, markets, economy, stuff like that. <coughs> the second hour tends to be political, current events, Washington, craziness, political correctness, wokeism, and all that kind of stuff, which are... Boy, I have a bigger pile of all this craziness than I do financial this week and a lot of audio in the second hour that you're just going to shake your head at. Uh, but uh, but uh, the podcast is always available at thefinancialphysician.com. 
Uh, Paul will have it up right after the show is over. So if you're just discovering our shows, say you just come down for the weekend uh, and you live in Pennsylvania or upstate New Jersey or New York or whatever, uh, and you're interested in the show. Now, I said last week, the show is addictive. It is habit-forming. So if you listen, usually just listening to one full show, maybe two, uh, you're going to be hankering for the next edition of The Financial Physician because we talk about things on this program that you're not going to hear on other radio shows. You're not going to hear on mainstream TV. And uh, everything I talk about here is factual. It's just not reported elsewhere. Uh, part of it's my opinion, but most of it is factual. And I'm not afraid to talk about things that other people will hold back on. I don't have those reins on me. And... Uh, it's uh, obviously a very unique program, and we try to make it unique. We try to give you information that you're not going to get elsewhere. So it's worth the investment of your two hours' time, either live, 6 to 8 a.m., right here at 92.7 WOBM. And anywhere you are in the country, if you go to my website, thefinancialphysician.com, you can listen live because we have the stream of the live show. So if you're up early on Sundays and you know you want to listen to the live program and you're not in the area for the radio station, you could always get the live feed at thefinancialphysician.com. But uh, right after the show, the podcast is up. And I love your emails, which is uh, lou at thefinancialphysician.com. You got a, a personal finance question, something you want me to cover, you just want to say hello. Love your emails. I always respond to every email. If I don't, send it again. I just didn't see it. Like everybody else out there, we get so many emails that are just junk and gums up your email box. Interesting economic development this week. Uh, the euro hit parity with the U.S. dollar this week. Uh, uh, first time that's happened since, I think, 2002. Uh, and it's uh, it's a big deal. It's certainly a big deal for Europeans. Because inflation, you think inflation's bad here. It's worse in Europe. Especially when you talk about energy. I mean, everything they've done, the, the, the West has done against Russia has backfired. All these sanctions and everything else. Oh, Russia's turning off the gas. The natural gas. Energy. What is Europe thinking? It's suicidal. How do you, you know, you, you, you get to the point where you're so dependent on Russian energy, and then you put sanctions on them. I mean, that's like, that's ridiculous. And by the way, um, the Russians shut down Nord Stream 1, which is the big natural gas pipeline that goes into Europe, for scheduled maintenance. Now, that maintenance is supposed to end, I think, July 29th or maybe July 26th. And some are speculating that the Russians aren't even going to turn it back on. They're just going to say, eh, we're going to keep it closed. And the Europeans, especially Germany, they're getting ready for a winter, a freezing winter with very low, if any, natural gas availability. So what they're planning to do is they're planning, they're telling every town to have a place where people can go to warm up because they're not going to be able to afford natural gas prices or they won't be able to get it. So, you know, school auditoriums, things like that, uh, people are going to have to get out of their freezing homes and go there. This is insane. It's absolutely insane. 
Anyway, top of the hour, 732-237-9626 is the call number. My name's Lou Skategna. Don't go away. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. All right, hour two of this thing of ours called The Financial Physician. Welcome to the program. If you're just joining us, first hour we talk finance, second hour we tend to talk politics and current events. And uh, if you miss any of the program, just go to thefinancialphysician.com and listen to the podcast, which is up right after the show uh, is over. The phone number here is 732-237-9626. If you want to join our program with a financial question or a comment on, on anything we talk about, love your, your phone calls, love your participation. Uh, we were talking uh, before the top of the hour, we were talking about how the, the euro and the dollar have reached parity. Now, why is that a big deal? It's certainly a big deal for Europe because it's very negative for them. Because when your currency goes down and you import a lot of goods from around the world, everything becomes more expensive. Falling currency makes inflation worse if you import a lot of goods. And that's true here in the United States. We import a lot of goods, right? We have a trade deficit. Now, our currency has been pretty strong against all the other currencies in the Western world. That doesn't mean our currency is truly strong because we see it in loss of purchasing power and inflation here. But compared to the other currencies out there, they're in worse shape than we are. So the dollar index is going up. Uh, and it makes it look like the, the U.S. dollar is a very strong currency. It's the strongest of the worst. But the euro's in big trouble. And it's pushed the European Central Bank against the wall because they have painful and economic costly choices they have to make right now. And whatever they make, it's bad. If they let the currency fall further, it's going to push up record high inflation even worse. Uh, if they start raising interest rates, that's one way you bolster your currency. By, by raising rates in, 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 in that currency because it attracts money. But that's just going to make their recession even worse. So they're between a rock and a hard place. They have high inflation, and the way you battle that is raising interest rates, just like the problem is here, which could cause a recession to get even worse. Now, this is good for, for U.S. consumers or U.S. travelers I mean, you know, the euro was usually 1.2 to 1.3 versus the dollar. So if something was a dollar euro to buy in, in Italy, uh, it's equivalent to a dollar 30 for us. But now at parity, a dollar euro, uh, one, dollar, one euro is one dollar. 
I'm going to Italy in September. That's good news for me. But it's certainly not good news for all the countries in the European Union. So why is their currency falling? Uh, A lot of it has to do with the, the problems with Russia and energy and their economy contracting. So a falling currency is never good for an economy, nor really is a super strong one. Why is a strong currency not necessarily good? Because if you're an exporter, your products now have become more expensive. More expensive to the buyers in euros. So they're going to buy less of your product if they can't afford it. So exporters hate a strong currency. They rather have a weak currency where their products become more competitive in the world economy. And that's how currencies work. That's why the value of currencies is very, very important. And uh, there's a really bad sign in Europe with the euro dropping to parity with the dollar. We'll see if it continues. Now, uh, we talk many times about the leadership of our country right now. And it's amazing. I, I, you know, as a financial planner, I see people every week. I talk to people every week. And universally, almost everybody I see talk about how messed up our country is right now. Politically, how we lack leadership. And although the media has had Biden's back from the beginning of the campaign, Until recently, they're starting to to get away from him because they know he's a big liability right now, especially in the midterms. And there's a lot of talk whether or not he should run in 2024, which I think is not going to happen. I don't even think he's going to be around in 2024. I mean, he's going downhill fast. And that's very evident this past week. So our our media sugarcoats it. They never talk about really his um, cognitive issues. But around the world, they do. And uh, no more so than Australia. Sky News in Australia just makes fun of him almost every day. This is Sky News. um, I guess one of their big guys there is is a guy named Bolt. And he has his own program, kind of like a Tucker Carlson kind of guy. And uh, this week, um, this is what he had to say about our leadership. Well, the United States is a real leadership crisis. President Joe Biden, mentally and physically deteriorating. The man is so foggy brain now that he couldn't even read a speech on a teleprompter last week without reading the instructions to repeat a line. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Biden's decline is now so obvious that even the left-wing papers that campaign for him report on what they used to hide to make sure that, you know, he'd beat Trump. The New York Times, for instance, now reports Biden's team has to schedule lots of rest for the 79-year-old. It says Biden now shuffles when he walks. Staff are scared he's going to trip over. They're scared when he opens his mouth so they keep him away from press conferences. And Biden is not even halfway through his four-year term. At this rate of decline, it's so fast, 
It's fair to ask, can he go the distance? And that puts the spotlight right on Kamala Harris. This is a really big leadership issue. And part of the reason for that is the idiotic identity politics that has made her the vice president. Now, it's true that every presidential candidate, when they're choosing their running mate, their vice president, has politics on their mind. For instance, uh, if they're strong in the north of the country, they want a running mate who may be strong in the south. But in almost every case, they've at least chosen someone who could take over as president. John F. Kennedy, thankfully, chose the very... So he goes on, but this is the way people are talking about us around the world. They've lost confidence in the leadership of the United States. And, uh, you know, Biden this week, he was in uh, the Middle East just making gaffe after gaffe. What did he say? We have to honor the Holocaust. He said something stupid about the Holocaust and uh, said other stupid things, too. Um, Then you have Kamala Harris, who uh, now the term word salad is (laughs) an everyday term, whatever, with her. I mean, she is totally lost. I mean, she can't make she can't make a point on anything with just. Being all over the place. I mean, this is the vice president of the United States. This is the person that would step in as president, leader of the free world. So now she's talking about, um, she was talking about, um, she was talking to the Orlando Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority. And she spoke about abortion, gun control, and the financial challenges families are facing. Because of her government's poor leadership, by the way. And she absurdly claimed that she um, has met countless parents who have to drive to McDonald's parking lot to get access to Wi-Fi. Oh, really? Many of you have joined me in different places in our country to talk about the long-standing, very serious problem of lead pipes where our babies are being forced to drink toxic water, having well-documented then health consequences, including consequences to their ability to learn. So together we did the work to remove lead pipes. We are in the process of doing that to ensure that no child has to drink water poisoned with lead and to make sure that we again are doing everything we can, understanding our children. God has given them so much capacity, but we here on earth must do our part to make sure they are protected and can live in an environment that allows them to thrive. I don't know anybody who's drinking lead water, do you? <laughs> Our kids in America are drinking. I'm sure, you know, in certain little towns there's an issue. Uh, I know in, what was it, Detroit or one of those cities or in Grand Rapids or whatever. Uh, but this is what she talks about. You know, our our children um, uh, are um, drinking lead water. Which is why... Together, we also have addressed the issue of high-speed internet. Because I know there are a whole lot of folks here right now who know what that pandemic meant to your child's ability to learn and go to school. And what that required in terms of you having access and being able to afford. 
What the hell is she talking about? <laughs> uh, anybody listening to me right now who had to take their children to McDonald's to, to use the Internet, uh, I want to hear from you. High-speed Internet. Kids drinking from lead pipes. <laughs> what is she talking about? Uh, a heartbeat away, they say, right? She's a heartbeat away. Um. But Biden, I mean, this is nothing new with his, you know, cognitive setback. I mean, it, this is a progressive thing with older people, right? And apparently, you know, I mean, it was going on when he was campaigning for president. Of course, the media covered it up. But on Friday, Tucker Carlson brought up uh, the fact that somebody in the know told him and he must have verified it because he wouldn't have gone on national TV on a number one cable news show uh, and talked about that. They give Biden pills before he goes in any public appearance because he um, can't even talk without it. What kind of drugs they're giving him? Who knows? Uh, but I'm going to play a segment uh, from Tuck- Tucker Carlson on Friday night. Maybe some of you have heard this, but this is scary stuff. We drew a conclusion that now sounds ridiculous, but it seems logical at the time. This guy can't be the Democratic nominee. He can barely speak. How did he manage to get through the campaign? Well, it turned out, we learned later, his staff, supervised by Dr. Jill, his wife, was giving him pills before every public appearance, checking the time at a certain hour, giving him a dose of something. Now, it's not a guess. We're not making that up. We've spoken directly to someone who was there and saw it happen multiple times now before taking the medication this person said biden was quote like a small child you could not communicate with him he changed completely because he was on drugs and he clearly still is on drugs no one's pushing some of those drugs are we should know but the point is joe biden's dementia was perfectly obvious to everyone around him more than three years ago so we never thought this could happen you can't make a senile man president of the united states this is our country this is a real country. It means a real leader, even when you disagree with him. But someone who's in full possession of his faculties. No one would ever do that. It's crazy. We're completely wrong. We're wrong because we underestimated the cynicism and the recklessness of the Democratic Party and the media who serve that. They will say literally anything, no matter how implausible or immoral, if it brings them more power. They knew exactly how incapacitated Joe Biden was. They lied about it. And the disaster we're living with today is a direct result of their lying. And it's getting worse. It's humiliating. Yesterday, for example, we could go on for an hour, we're not going to, but just to sum it up. Yesterday, Joe Biden tried to shake an invisible man's hand. Not the first time he's done this. He did the same thing in April. And both of those sad moments are on tape. Here they are. So uh, this is pretty scary stuff. I mean, uh, believe me, uh, this has got to be true because I don't think Tucker Carlson would even put that on his show unless he was 100% sure that his source uh, was a valid source. Scary stuff. I mean, this is our president and our vice president, number two. But they didn't care. Like he said, he said they, you know, you wouldn't think that they would have a senile man, you know, you know. But I was wrong, he said. The Democrats would do anything to get power, and that was the way to do it. Scary, scary stuff. Uh, what else do we have here? Um... There's so, many, so much stuff here. Uh, 
<laughs> oh my god, I, I probably can't get to all of it. Um, but now we're starting to see uh, the, the mainstream press, the New York Times, Washington Post. They're starting to throw uh, Joey under the bus now. They realize that this ain't going to work. Um, and uh, it's he's too much of a liability. We used him for what we could use him for, and now it's time to, to get rid of him because we're all going to pay the price for it, meaning the Democrats, not the country. They don't really care about that. Uh, where do we want to go next? Oh, AOC. Some people are saying now that she may be a candidate for president in 2024. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. She, I mean, what? the Democratic Party has gone nuts. Uh, really. They've actually gone nuts. Um, what do we have here? I thought I had something here from her. All right, so um, this week on the steps of the Capitol, conservative comedian, I guess his name is Alex Stein. Did you see this, Paul, where he starts calling her out and telling her how sexy she is and her booty is beautiful? And Oh, he must be blind. No, he's not blind. I think she, I think she's sexy as hell. I don't like her politics, but I think she's a- oh, oh, she, I thought of you, AOC. Well, AOC, Alexander Cortez, whatever her name is, you know, she, no, she's she's a hot little hottie, don't you think? No, <laughs> I do. I think she's a hottie. Anyway, but uh, so this is what the comedian sent to her, and she considered it a sexual assault. She, my favorite big booty Latina. I love you, Ashley. You're my favorite. She wants to kill babies, but she's so beautiful. You look very beautiful in that dress. You look very sexy. Look at that booty on AOC. That's my favorite big booty Latina. I love it. My favorite, AOC. Nice to meet you, AOC. Look how sexy she looks in that dress. Woo, I love it, AOC. Hot, hot, hot like a tamale. <laughs> so, so he, it's all over the internet, this guy doing this. Now, should he do this? No, I don't. you shouldn't be heckling anybody like that. I mean, it's, uh, it's unbecoming. Uh, but when she responded to it, she was calling out the Capitol Police for not arresting him for sexual assault. I mean... He has the right freedom of speech to say whatever he wants. He didn't assault her in any way. Uh, but she goes on, and as she's ranting about the Capitol Police, she revealed something very interesting, that the Capitol Police on January 6th opened the doors to the Congress on purpose. So now it wasn't that they banged down the doors in an insurrection, that the Capitol Police were complicit in it. That's a response to that guy uh, saying she was sexy. So she says the Capitol Police aren't doing anything. But she really um, surprised uh, a lot of people by um, 
mentioning that they opened the doors to the Capitol on January 6th. Anyway, um, but it's amazing how much power she has in the Democratic Party. I mean, she has a lot. And I, I think Nancy Pelosi is uh, scared of her and her group. Um, what other uh, audio nuggets do I have for you today? Oh, uh, far-left Berkeley law professor uh, melted down when Senator Hawley asked her if men can get pregnant. Did you see this clip, Paul? <laughs> uh, this is, I mean, you want to talk about how nuts people are, the left, how lunatic nuts they are? Listen. Visit with you, Ms. Maskey, but before I do, I just want to clear one thing up. Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's, a, it's We can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing them. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important because of my line of questioning. Because so we can't talk about it because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm it's denying that trans people exist by asking are you, you if you're talking are you? about women are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think so. <laughs> so you're denying that trans people exist? Thing. And that leads to violence? Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you? Absolutely. Or are they also treated like this? Where no, you're no, no, they're, they're, allowed they're to question. opening up people to oh, violence. We have a good time in my class. You should join me. Right you might learn a lot. Wow, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned a lot. I know. This Absolutely. Extraordinary. These people actually believe this. I mean, that's the weird part about this. This is a professor at Berkeley. <laughs> I mean, it's um, it's nuts. You know, you you think you um, you're living in some kind of weird Alice in Wonderland world <laughs> where this is all we're talking about now. How about inflation? Let's talk about that. Talking about trans, what's a cis woman? You know what cis means? I don't even know. Cis. What's a cisgender person? I don't even know what these things are. They keep adding vowels to, and, and, and letters to LGBTQ plus whatever. You just got to ask somebody, are you an alphabet person? <laughs> what letter are you in the alphabet? Uh do heterosexuals and normal people have any letters for themselves? I don't know. Um, the alphabet people. I don't know any alphabet people. I mean, I know some gay people, but I guess that's a G of the LGB too. Well, that's fine. But I don't know all these other people. I don't know what a cis person is. Non-binary. All these kind of made up things that are nuts. Lunatic stuff. And it just goes on and on. Um, 
just amazing. And uh, the left in this country are just nuts. You know, they've they've gone total mental over the the Roe versus Wade decision in the Supreme Court. Uh, this is supposedly a normal adult uh, that loses it over abortion. You feel better now? I mean, she's actually, this is real. This is not made up. This is not a joke. She's really freaked out. (laughs) These people are nuts. Um... A couple months ago, I played a thing, and I still have it on here. This crazy liberal woman, woke person, uh, anti-meat. Paul, you weren't around when I played this last. It's still on my phone, and I got a couple emails. Look, could you play that again because it was so crazy? I'm going to do it right now. I believe we should move beyond all meat. The assumption that the best protein comes from corpses is a racist belief. How do you know the animal would have picked you to feed off their corpse? 21st century animal eating requires our complicity in a new colonialism. These events especially affect girls and young women. Your hamburger comes with a dose of misogyny. Popular culture is flooded with references to sexy cows, sexy pigs, sexy chickens, sexy fishes who all just want to have fun. Meat eating is also one of the ways gender-based structures of oppression are perpetuated. Masculinity, a construct of the gender binary facing constant destabilization, feels always under threat, and eating animals is its protection racket. White supremacists weapon, weaponized it, eating meat, eggs, and dairy, and the baiting of liberal men as so-called soy boys are all part of the neo-Nazi <laughs> messaging. To say you care about animals is considered a sign of weakness in a world still committed to the gender binary. Meat eaters like anti-abortionists have forgotten that one quality of non-existence is not having awareness about existence. When all else fails, meat eaters assert that animals are not our equals. I heard all your laughter. I know some of these must be new ideas or you think they're fringe or whatever. Our whiteness is part of the problem of meat eating. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Paul, you have to interpret this for me. What did she just say? Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like, yeah, breathing air is racist. Uh, sexy chickens. Did you hear sexy chickens. <laughs> what the hell is what the, Where are they going with this? <laughs> These are real. This is a professor at a college. Wow. I mean, why anybody would send their kids to college in this kind of, when you have people like this here, uh, it's unbelievable. Oh my God! Uh, I got a lot of this stuff. I mean, every week I could just keep playing this stuff, um, uh, and you would um, just shake your head. You don't believe. You wouldn't believe it's real. Uh, I just got a pile of articles here that are just so insane, so lunatic. Um. 
it's like it's like we all went to bed and we woke up in like some kind of weird counter parallel universe or something like that. I don't know. All right, let's take a break. Seven three two two three seven nine six two six. What do you guys think about this craziness? Uh, who believes any of this stuff? I mean, there's got to be people out there that believe this transgender craziness, racist. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> if there's anybody out there that believes any of this stuff and can uh, advocate for it, please uh, give us a call. 732-237-9626. Don't go away. Are you currently retired or planning to retire in the next five years? Hey, Lou Scatigna here, certified financial planner, personal finance author, president of AFM Investments, and host of The Financial Position. Why not join me for a comprehensive financial review at my downtown Tom's River office? Banks are paying virtually nothing, and the stock market has become a risky casino. But there are ways to achieve reasonable returns without taking on big risks. Let me show you how. During our meeting, I will determine your net worth, find ways to maximize your income, and minimize your taxes. I'll review your estate plan and discuss strategies to protect your estate from nursing home costs. Managing your finances is more complicated than ever, but you don't have to go it alone. So make your no-obligation appointment today by calling 732-905-8100. That's 732-905-8100. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin and Company, member FINRA and SIPC. Registered advisory services through Fortitude Advisory Group. Do you have a home to sell? Do you need to buy a home? Or maybe you would like to consider a career in real estate? Well, you need to contact my brother, Mark Skatigna. He's the broker manager of Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty on Route 70 in Manchester. Mark has helped so many of my clients with either the sale of their home or to purchase a new home. All of them could not have been happier with his help. What about an exciting new career in real estate? Maybe you're finding you have more time on your hands than you would like to after retiring from your full-time job and are also looking to make some extra income. With flexible hours to still enjoy your free time and income that could be limitless, Mark could train you to be as successful as you would like to be and enjoy a rewarding career in real estate. For help with any of your real estate needs, as well as any information on a career in real estate, call my brother Mark Skatigna at Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. His number is 732-657-6200. That's 732-657-6200. Mark Skatigna, Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. Give him a call. You'll be happy you did. Americans have a deep respect for our military and a deep desire to show them the gratitude that they deserve. When those surfing so far away receive a small gift box of personal care items and greetings, they know America is behind them. Always Supporting Our Military is a new nonprofit of retired volunteers that meets weekly to send packages to our troops overseas. They need your help to raise money for postage and for items. Each box of toiletries, snacks, and food takes about $18 to send, and they rely totally on donations. Will you help? They greatly appreciate any donations to the cost of postage or supplies like small bottles of shampoo, lotion, mints, and more. Please visit Always Supporting Our Military on Facebook. Email PASRMilitary at yahoo.com or call 908-278-9561. That's 908-278-9561. Every little bit helps. Call the financial physician now at 732-237-9626. Here's Luz Katigna. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to the financial physician where we talk money, markets, politics, craziness, and anything else that is going on in our lives here. I'm like laughing the whole break almost inside. I, mean, I just I, I just can't believe that this is the stuff I'm playing for you on this show. And it just seems to get worse every week. Oh God! The left in this country—they're—they're they're unhinged. I mean, and that's scary stuff. You get, don't pay attention to it, people. 
Because all it takes is a, a, a crazy, rabid minority, violent minority, uh, to change the entire country. Just remember, in 1917, when the communists took over, when Lenin took over Russia, only 12% of the population identified with them. And look what history had after that. This past week, a tragic uh, death of Ivana Trump. Everybody heard about that. Uh, Apparently, she fell down the stairs in her New York uh, penthouse. Uh, She was only 73 years old. But it didn't take long for demonic leftists to attack the Trump family following it. I mean, these people are just godless, heartless, demonic lunatics. Uh, Here's a tweet. It doesn't matter who it's from because they're all the same. This is occupied Democrats, whoever they are. Ivana Trump, Donald's first wife and the mother of monstrous Ivanka, Don Jr. and Eric, dies at the age of 73. I mean, and they go on and on. I can read all these. Uh, I hope she left the diary, somebody else said. Uh, um, didn't Donald Trump once say he could kill someone on Fifth Avenue and not lose any voters? <laughs> so now they say he killed her. Oh, my God. They, they just can't help themselves. They're nuts, these people. And nobody's nuttier than Nancy Pelosi. Oh, how about this? Boy, uh, being the Speaker of the House really does pay, doesn't it? Nancy Pelosi is pushing legislation that stands to benefit her significantly, uh, just uh, thanks to a couple of brand new multi-million dollar trades she's made. Uh, she, uh, Her husband bought $5 million worth of chip stocks, mainly NVIDIA, and she exercised $8 million in call options in NVIDIA. Uh, and now she's pushing for a uh, government subsidy for chip production. I mean, isn't that criminal? Isn't that what the definition of insider trading is? Hours after disclosing the trade, she threw her weight behind a stalled $50 billion Chips Plus bill that would provide $52 billion in funding for semiconductor manufacturing grants and investment credits for the chip industry. <laughs> I think we should all go out and buy NVIDIA stock tomorrow <laughs> if she's buying it. I would like to just know what she's doing. I wouldn't have to do any research anymore. I could just buy what she's buying. And it's probably 100% I'm going to make money. Uh, and... Uh, Again, despicable person. Um, on Thursday, she uh, attacked Trump during her weekly press conference when asked about the former president's impending 2024 campaign announcement. And this is what she had to say about our former president of the United States. Trump, Trump has indicated that he plans to announce a 2024 run in the next month or so. What impact would that have on the midterms and would it benefit Democrats, in your opinion? Do I ever even mention his name when I even waste my time talking about him? What I will say is, and I'll say this and I've said it again and again, Democrats have absolutely no intention of losing the House in November and the Senate, too. Uh, We are mobilized. We are fortified. We have great candidates. And we have a great – our country is at risk. Our democracy is at risk. 
But what we are campaigning on are the kitchen table issues that affect America's working families. So they know the difference between a Democratic and Republican administration on top of uh, uh, Congress, on top of which, on top of which our democracy is at stake. I don't speculate on who's running in 2024, even if it's a former occasional occupant of the White House. Occasional occupant of the White House. What happened to political discourse in this country? I mean, I mean, Republicans don't talk like that about Obama or Clinton or anything like that. I mean, these people just have ultra – they just hate people who do not agree with them. It's that simple. And and God forbid – talk about racism. God forbid you're a black conservative, especially if you're on a Supreme Court. Uh, racism is, is terrible unless you're a conservative. Then it's okay. Burgess Owens is a, um, a congressman, a black conservative. And he has something to say about racial insults of conservative blacks. Having grown up in the Jim Crow South of segregation and KKK, I'm familiar with the true racism, intolerance, and hate, all due to the color of my skin. I see the same thing today in 2022 as the hard left so-called part of tolerance will bang the drum of racism, inequality, inequity, do not practice what they preach. The leaked opinion and reversal of Roe versus Wade, Wade unleashed carefully planned attacks on pro-life organizations, violent protests, and assassination attempt at the home of Supreme Court Justice and his family, and racially charged Firestone against Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. That's nothing new for Justice Thomas who's been the target of the elitist left for 40 years. Instead of celebrating the second black American in our nation's history, highest court, they declared open season with vicious and racist attacks. This is because he's an articulate, confident black American who loves the American co-tenants of God, country, and family. It's because he's a black man who dares to think differently than they would love for him to, to, to think. I'd like to share some comments of their comments with this committee. Samuel L. Jackson called Justice Thomas Uncle Clarence and tweeted the ban that a ban on interracial marriage is next. Representative Benny Thompson called Justice Thomas Uncle Tom, citing his support for voter ID and opposition to affirmative action. He stated that Justice Thomas doesn't like black people. He doesn't like being black. I'm going to take a second and repeat that line. Justice Thomas doesn't like black people. So, you know, he says it like it is. I mean, racism is perfectly fine if you're a conservative black person. Oh, here's the outrage of the week. <laughs> There's so many of them. I can, how do you pick one outrage of the week? Here's one. The NCAA announced on Thursday that transgender swimmer Leah Thomas, a biological male, has been nominated by the University of Pennsylvania for the 2022 NCAA Woman of the Year Award. Uh, each school can nominate up to two quote-unquote female athletes. One must be an international student-athlete or student-athlete of color. Which is bad enough. So, uh, 
University of Pennsylvania, the woke University of Pennsylvania, nominates him for Woman of the Year. Unbelievable. This, again, we're living in Alice in Wonderland. It's, it's just crazy. And this is a direct attack on female athletes. I mean, where, where's the feminist out there saying, wait a second, men are taking over women's sports. Meanwhile, the female athletes on the swim team and the swim against him uh, have complained about this. It's not fair. Also, uh, Thomas's teammates revealed that they feel uncomfortable uh, in the in the locker room. They said the trans swimmer doesn't cover up her thing while in the locker room with girls. It's definitely awkward because Leah still has male body parts and is still attracted to women. It's a disgrace. The NCAA and, 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 and Pennsylvania University allows this to happen. Talk about women's rights being violated. Unbelievable. Woman of the Year, NCAA. Uh... New survey reveals significant doubts about masks and vaccines. Asked to look back at the pandemic and assess public health recommendations aimed at limiting COVID-19 spread, only about half Americans now think masks and vaccines have been very effective or extremely effective. That's the finding of a new Pew Research survey of more than 10,000 adults. Only 48% think wearing masks around other people indoors has been extremely or very effective, 23% give masks a lukewarm, somewhat effective grade. What percent of Americans know that the holes in surgical masks are a thousand times bigger than COVID-19 particles? <laughs> it's very, very simple. Uh, viruses don't get stopped with masks. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all because now Los Angeles County is bringing back indoor mask mandates. That's right. July 29th, they bring back um, mandates to wear masks. How many people are even going to follow this? I don't know. Really crazy. Oh, by the way, uh, most people aren't getting their children vaccinated. I mean, uh, uh, the FDA approved the emergency use of the experimental vaccine for children. Children who don't get COVID and don't die from COVID. And uh, parents are saying, no, I'm not going to vaccinate my child. Uh, thank you, most people. Anybody who does vaccinate their child with this experimental drug is uh, child abuse, in my opinion. But uh, but now they're employing um, uh, Elmo to get kids to get vaccinated. Listen to this. so I could make the right choice. <laughs> I learned that Elmo getting vaccinated is the best way to keep himself 
have friends, neighbors, and everyone else healthy and enjoying the things they love. Oh, Daddy, um, I don't know, baby daddy about a question. Can we have a hug? Oh, come here, son. Uh, I'm gonna love you, Daddy. I love you too. <laughs> See, that's Sesame Street. Trying to encourage – this is for encouraging parents. This is not to really necessarily encourage kids. Uh, parents listen to Sesame Street when their little kids are listening to it. Just crazy stuff. Why anybody would, would, would shoot their kid up with this stuff? Uh, it's unbelievable. All right, 732-237-9626. Let's go to Pat in Point Pleasant. Pat, how are you? Yeah, all right. How you doing? I'm, I'm crazy today. I don't know. It's just a weird, weird uh, show today. How did we allow these people to get into the positions that they are now? It's beyond me. I mean, they they just slipped right through the cracks, and and now they're now they're running everything. And uh, well, that's not why I called. That's, that's a, I called about insurance. Uh, mainly, uh, me and my wife work in body shop. She works in one shop in brick, and I work in another. Uh, she's not a tech. <laughs> She works in the offices. She deals with a lot of customers and insurance. And the biggest thing that she has uh, seen is um, I know the car insurance is, is expensive, but if you can do it, get yourself the uh, rental coverage, okay, especially now with the part problem. Cars will come in and it'll have an estimated time of repair, Let's say on the estimate it's got 40 hours of repair time. So that's basically a week on the car if the person doesn't get called off to work on something else. But at the same time, the parts could be on a back order for months, okay? And if you don't have uh, if you don't have coach, you're paying for this out of your pocket. It's going to be a fortune. Spend the extra my my I think I think got you thirty five dollars extra a year on my policy to have rental insurance. You you you, you don't. Some people think I I don't need it. If I'll just unless you got another car, that's fine. Okay, but if you don't have another car, you better get the the, the car rental insurance. Doesn't most okay. uh, policies come with that? No, they don't. No, they don't. You have to ask for. It. You have to see if they have it. People, my, unfortunately, my wife is. She's in the shower right now. She would be able to tell you about all this stuff. But she, the stories she gets, where people are, are are shocked and horrified that they they don't have the coverage, and it's I don't know how many uh, dollars a day it is. And now, for example, in her shop, they have like a twenty-two Silverado. They've had since I think it was like freaking December or January. They're waiting for a steering column. Laid <laughs> up. Wow. Okay. Uh, this is I, I know, and and also if you can get the lower deductible because when I when the thousand dollar deductible started to come into play some years ago, I was working in a shop in Tom's River, and uh, all of a sudden the cars we clean them up and get ready to deliver them. Then all of a sudden the foreman comes down and says, "Take that car, put it over in the corner, and cover it with some plastic." Why the people don't have their deductible? How much is their deductible? It's a thousand dollars. And it's, let's say, some young kid, 20s, early 20s. They, they don't have $1,000 laying around. Mm-hmm. You know, and these things will lay for weeks, possibly a couple of months, until the people get their money up, and then they, we can release the car. 
Well, you make some really interesting points that I didn't think about. Uh, the delays in getting car repairs done, uh, the cost of rental during that period, and the importance of getting rental insurance on your car insurance during these times, and uh, for people who can't afford the deductible. Now, I, you know, I said earlier in the program, get a higher deductible if you want to get the premiums down, and 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 most people, I think. Uh, could come up with the thousand dollars one way or the other, whether they put it on their credit card or not. Um, but uh, but that's a good point, you know, especially young people that um that do that. So uh, thanks for letting us know from somebody, uh, you know, in the in the trenches of uh, car repair uh, that this is I, happening I, out there. I I personally have a five hundred dollar deductible, and I'm in, and I'm in the business. Okay, uh, so I know because I don't want to have to shell out. And I've got rental, and I have two cars, just in case. Okay, one, one's the hot rod. That doesn't really go out on the road too much, but, you know, uh, just to cover it, just to just cover my butt, okay, to make sure that I have something and I don't have the ability to get it and cover for it. But uh, I would tell you, and, and even collision, some of these cars' values are so high these days. If you got, if you still have collision on the older car and it gets totaled, Mm, those airbags go off. That's that's the uh, nail in the coffin. Um, you might get a few bucks back. It, it's up to you. You'd have to sit there and judge the, 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 the check the value of your car and see if it's worth keeping collision on it. Right. Because if the car's still worth twenty thousand dollars and it's a fifteen year old car, which is very possible, okay, and you wreck it, you still might get. Uh, what these there's two kinds of of, of uh, evaluations you've got like the NADA for used car price and then you got the insurance value which is lower but you could still maybe walk out with a few bucks to to put towards the next car and we you have to weigh it out you know it's up to it's one of those personal decisions so I still pay that extra couple hundred dollars a, a year for full collision on a on an older car but if the car's still worth a lot of money you might still get uh, a payout if the car gets totaled. Well, you're right. You know, the car car values now are they're like I said, you know, buying a new car now is like buying a home uh, 20 years ago. <laughs> you, you get a mortgage on it, right? Uh, and uh, it's uh, uh, with inflation and everything else, you're right. Well, Pat, thanks for calling in and thanks for giving us the insight on this stuff. This is um, something I wouldn't even think about, but uh, you know the business and th- thanks for sharing that with our listeners. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Have a good day. You too. Uh, did you know, Paul, that dogs' names are now racist? That's right. According to scholars, you know, uh, you're racist if you, you have. According to recently applauded social psychology quarterly study, purporting to show a disparity in the time dogs were adopted based on racial associations with the animals' names. White names, according to the study, resulted in shorter adoption times compared to black names. <laughs> The correlations were largely concentrated around pit bulls, quote, a breed that is stereotyped as dangerous and racialized as black, according to the study. Uh, And uh, academics around the country uh, applauding the study. One guy writes from a Temple University professor. uh, He says, uh, why is everything about race? Question mark. He tweets and then he answers his own question with because everything is about race, isn't it? Everything is about race. University of Texas 
at Austin, assistant professor of sociology. Uh, anti-blackness is so pervasive it expands to dogs' names. So, what would be a black name for a dog? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who names that? Everything's about race with these people, isn't it? The World Health Organization came out and reconfirmed its status as an unscientific, politically driven, globalist body by officially stating there are more than two biological genders. This is the World Health Organization. The WHO uh, has announced that it tends to update its widely used gender mainstreaming manual. The suggestion that there's a need for a manual on how many genders there are should tell you something about the organization right off the bat, right? Um, who is saying the manual that is updating it in light of new scientific evidence and conceptual progress on gender, health, and development? What exactly scientific evidence? <laughs> it's a mystery what the scientific evidence is on this. The press release from the WHO states that part of its new findings to go into the manual is that, quote, sex is not limited to male or female. The WHO states that is, quote, going beyond binary approaches to gender and health in order to recognize gender and sexual diversity or the concepts that gender identity exists on a continuum and that the sex is not limited to male or female, whatever that means. This is the WHO. This is the one that uh, everything is political now, ideology. It's not about science anymore. However, despite its relentless promotion in virtually every sector of society, belief in the reality, reality of this ideology is falling amongst Americans, with only 38% believe in biological sex does not determine whether someone is a woman or a man. 38% believe that? I, I'm surprised. According to new polling from Pew Research, 60% of Americans believe that gender is determined by sex assigned at birth. 38% think it is not. That's not your sex. Okay. Let's see. What else? We got two more minutes. What can we get through here? What's the most compelling craziness here? Uh... Climate mandates imposed on Dutch farmers will ruin their livelihoods. You know, you know, uh, the Netherlands are one of the biggest, the second biggest. Second largest food exporter in the world. I never knew that. The Netherlands. And now, because of nitrogen limitations, the Netherlands government want livestock numbers in the country slashed by 30%. Like, we don't have a food shortage enough as it is. <laughs> it's just crazy. We live in a crazy world, and uh, we're here to bring it to you each and every Sunday, 6 to 8 a.m. live here on 92.7, anytime at thefinancialposition.com, where we have the podcast of this program and past shows. Uh, it'll be up right after the program's over, so uh, listen to it, share it, put it on your social media uh, if you miss any of the program. My email address is lou at thefinancialphysician.com, lou at thefinancialphysician.com. My office number, if you want to come in for a consultation, 732-905-8100, 732-905-8100.